0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have huge news coming out again today because for the second time in a month, it happened again. We've just had another coup in an African nation known as Gabon. Officers chant the name of the man leading the coup. General Brice Clotaire Oligui Nguema has been named as transition leader in Gabon. When Bongo's re-election was announced on Wednesday morning, the soldiers seized power. The newly formed junta revoked the election results, arresting dozens of electoral officials and accused them of treason. We have decided to defend peace by putting an end to the current regime. The general elections of August 26th, as well as the truncated results, are canceled. The borders are closed until further notice. All institutions of the Republic are dissolved. Of course, just like Niger, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago now, This has left Western leaders scrambling for solutions here, not least of which because of trade and resources and and minerals, but there's actually a lot more going on. Uh, Some Western countries have troops in the region as well. We're now hearing reports of um, Western diplomats being expelled from certain countries. So what we've seen over quite recent times now, it's about seven or eight, if my counting is correct, coups right across the belt of Africa, which really is a problem for the West because what's happening now is we're seeing Russia and China moving in, and they have been for a while now, very, very heavily. But Russia's using this as an opportunity to get into certain countries that they didn't have a large foothold in Before, So the dynamics is really changing quite heavily across the continent at a rapid rate as we knew it would. Now, if you recall a couple of years ago when we started talking about this power dynamic and the shift that was occurring or what I was calling this pendulum uh, swing from Uh, West to East. And of course, this happens throughout history. It, It swings either way. Well, we're now seeing this breakdown, I guess you can say, of democracy, although I wouldn't completely agree with that term. And we'll get into why that is shortly, because there is a huge amount of corruption throughout leaderships, And I'll show you a couple of videos, which of course you won't see on the mainstream media here. So western leaders western media are saying that this is a you know a travesty and the people are upset and things like that but that's actually not what social media is showing as you can see from these videos here. So this is from X and we can see quite clearly that uh, people waving the flags and uh, very excited. So we're not seeing this uproar that uh, is being portrayed at the moment. We are so happy. There is a sense of joy. We are waiting for this moment for so long. We suffered so much. Celebrations on the streets of the capital Libreville. Gabon free, Gabon liberated, they chant. Crowds waving palm leaves in the sign of victory hug Gabonese soldiers hours after they carried out their coup. Now there's been calls of corruption around the family for a long time now. So this group of what they're calling revolutionaries went to the president's home and surprise, surprise, they found all of this cash throughout uh, numerous suitcases, which only adds weight to these claims of corruption. Well, what about the Senate president then? What happened as he was trying to leave the country? What did he have in these suitcases? Ah, uh, Again, large amounts of cash. So usually where there is smoke, there tends to be fire. France of course has condemned the coup and that's actually for similar reasons that we talk about with Niger and we're just seeing some breaking news actually here. Uh, Niger is ordering the expulsion of the French ambassador so a lot of issues going on in the country or in the region now then. So a couple of things that we need to pay attention to which isn't being picked up by the media one of these things was around uranium so we talked about this on the previous video and look at uh, france's electricity generation 63 percent is from nuclear well what do you need for nuclear you need uranium rods and i heard on the last video a lot of people in the uk saying well i don't care neil it doesn't affect us in any way well have a look at this this is during 2021. Most of the UK's electricity imports came from France. That's almost 53%. The remainder came from Belgium at 24.3%, the Netherlands at 15.1%, and Norway 48 as well as Republic of Ireland. And you have to start looking at where some of these countries get their energy from as well. Everything is into connected this is the uk this is energy inputs into the uk all of these things are important so let's just have a quick look at some of the exports then of gabon well it's crude petroleum is one of the largest well where does this go to we can see on the right hand screen here china south korea india so what are we seeing we're seeing very heavily that the exports are going to eastern or should we say bricks or bricks aligned countries. France, surprisingly, was the media got this one wrong, talking about France getting a lot of the petroleum. Well, they're actually not, which is ironic because they got it wrong the last time when it came to Niger, saying that France didn't get a lot of resources, but actually they did. But on this case, they're not getting a lot of the petroleum. It shows clearly here, it's just 1.14% of it. But if we look at the manganese ore, well, this does pose a large problem because France gets a lot of their manganese ore from Gabon, which is used for steel and alloys and batteries and all sorts of other things even though the manganese ore is going to china and india france does get some of it as well you can see here three percent which may not seem a lot but when you look at france's exports and manufacturing it it is quite significant of course we knew this was going to come up Uh, african leaders work on a response to the military coup this is the pretty much the west proxy in the region going in and saying what should happen here only a couple of weeks ago we talked about ecowas and how they were going to be putting together a military force to go into niger well that's all well and good when you've got one country to deal with but this is now spread quite rapidly as we can see from this map here and these are the the power seizures, and the most recent one, Gabon, we talked about Niger last week. We also have Chad, Sudan, Mali, Burkina Faso, and Guinea. So you can see it's like a belt going right across Africa here. And just a reminder, if you missed the video where I talked about the different continents and the true sizes of them, Africa is always portrayed as uh, much smaller than this on the world maps, but actually Africa is an enormous continent and it's super rich and wealthy in um, gold Uh, i think it's about 50 percent or almost half of the world's gold is in africa you have about one third of all the minerals of the world are in africa and then you see then why there's this big power play between the i won't necessarily say the brics nations because it's more china and now Russia as well. A lot of deals are being made. And you can see why Western or European powers wanted so much influence in Africa. And I mean, we could talk about some of the history here if you'd you'd like to know a little bit more about Gabon. Um, 1839, that's when France started to form treaties with the coastal chiefs. 1910, Gabon became a, a part of French Equatorial Africa. 1960, again, same sort of periods here. Gabon gained independence from France, but the French influence did not wane. And after this, France continued to exert a considerable economic and political influence in Gabon through their informal networks. Of course, they still have a military presence, but so does the U.S. The U.S. has about two battalions in the region at the moment. And this is another reason why France doesn't want to lose the the foothold they have in the region because of the uh, oil and minerals and other companies that they have within uh, gabon within niger and some of the other countries i thought this was quite an interesting statement it says that france has a heavy advisory role in gabon and they have enabled and supported the bongo family which who have been reigning for quite a long time shall we say uh, it says that France has supported them, and whenever there was resistance or potential coup attempts, that French military as well as diplomats would quash these attempts, which is very interesting when you see the articles and again, these are legitimate articles on um, corruption between the family, the bongo family, and French diplomats, even um, bringing into question some French presidents, shall we say. And I'm being very tactful in how I say that, so we don't get any strikes on the, uh, the video, but you can look this up for yourself if you would like to. There's a lot of um, very heavy evidence of, of bribes and um, political scandals. And in a recent public opinion poll, we'll take this with a, a grain of salt, I think, of the people of Gabon, how many? Probably a hundred or something like that. They said that it was around 60% showed gratitude for the French in the country for helping them. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure of that. And around 20% was neutral, and around 20% had resentment for the continued France influence wielded in Gabonese affairs. Again, we'll uh, we'll take that poll with a pinch of salt. Now, coups are nothing new throughout. Africa. The statistics show that of the last 242 successful military coups, 106 of them were in Africa. And just to be clear, if you don't know where Gabon is on the map, you can see it is this country right here. And last week we covered Niger, or a couple of weeks ago we covered Niger, which is a much bigger problem if you look at the size of Niger compared to Gabon here. So if the African Union or ECOWAS is going to be sending military troops into these regions, uh, all I'd say is good luck with that because the new leaders of the surrounding countries have said that any troops that come in that try to quash this changeover of power will be met with military force of their own. So this really could start a new front across the African continent. Although with the size of the task at hand here, I would be very surprised if we did see a major scale military conflict across the region. And we can see from this map here, We've seen Guinea in 2021, Burkina Faso 22, Mali 2020, Niger was 23 just a couple of weeks ago, Shad in 2021, Sudan 2021. That is six countries there and now we have Gabon. And now this is the other reason there's a lot of concern is because of the Wagner group in the region and Western leaders are really concerned at the moment by the Russian influence in these countries, with a lot of the countries now waving the Russian flag, as we've seen on previous videos. Of course, the US had to get involved, not in this particular case, but they have been warning African countries this month that if they buy anything from Russia except grain and fertiliser, there will be grave consequences against them. I thought this statement was quite interesting. Countries can buy so that they're, they're talking about African countries here. The US is telling these countries what to do. Countries can buy Russian agricultural products including fertilizer and wheat, but she added if a country decides to engage with Russia where there are sanctions, then they are breaking those sanctions. She went on to say, we caution countries not to break those sanctions or else they stand the chance of having sanctions taken against them. Well, surely these countries can decide for themselves. They're independent, sovereign nations here. The US is not the police of the world the last time I checked. Now, we also have another stat here and the number of African countries at high or extreme risk of civil unrest has increased from 28 to 37 just in the last couple of years. Now, we've got to look at this and understand why and why these events are happening. And it comes back to what we were talking about in mid-2020 here on the channel. And that was that as we saw a lot of lockdowns and a lot of disruption to all sorts of things from agriculture through to energy, what we saw and what we talked about was that we would see higher levels of inflation, particularly around food, throughout developing nations and also developed nations as well. But the developing nations would suffer the most because the Western nations could afford to pay more for the food but the the developing nations couldn't afford to pay these new prices so if you have less food grown well where does that food go to it goes to richer countries which can afford it and i think this is why some countries put export bans on the food because they knew okay yes we can make more money but at the expense of what is it at the expense of the citizens maybe you could say that but i think it was because they knew that historically we we know from history that when you have food insecurity and problems around food in a country, this is what causes very heavily, in, in a lot of cases, the civilian population to rise up. You see a lot of unrest and I think that's a case of what we're seeing as well and why these nations are suddenly now starting to rise up and overthrow leaders and and put in uh, military coups and other things like this. I, I don't think it's just a coincidence that this is all happening in the last three years and that we're seeing all these other events around the world in the last three years. I do think it's all interconnected. Coming back to Russia's influence and Putin then, a couple of notes I made for you here is that Putin actually invited a number of African countries for a meeting He also offered debt write-offs and free grain to six African countries to strengthen alliances. And this was all around that time when we had this global food crisis, which is still there, it is still ongoing. It's just, we don't notice it as much in the West and the Western media doesn't show the starvation and famine around the world in the same way that it used to you, you remember those advertisements we'd see on on tv previously we would actually see with our own eyes what was going on Well, we don't see tend to see these um, commercials on tv as much anymore but i can assure you it is still ongoing and it's still just as bad as it always has been but let's look at some facts here some actual statistics trade revenue between russia and african countries almost doubled from 9.9 billion 10 years ago in 2013, to 17.7 billion in 2021. And 30% of Africa's grain supplies come from Russia. Key, key point. Grain is so important as as a staple for so many uh, people, so many countries. So we are seeing this enormous power shift at the moment in the world, and I, I think it's only going to increase and get worse and worse. So ladies and gents, I hope that explains the situation that's that's really happening right now and why this is getting more severe and why it probably will have some impact, not right now um, in the immediate term, but later on, especially for European nations. Thank you so much for watching today. Take care. God bless you. And I will see you tomorrow for the weekly Walk & Talk.